the hope we find in Jesus. It is not abstract. It is not just an idea. That hope is tangible. That hope is something that reaches to us, that we could touch, that we could feel, that we can experience for ourselves. Hey church family, Pastor Chris here. So thankful again that you're joining us for Church Online during this season. My prayer is that throughout these weeks as we spend time together in God's word, in God's presence during our services, that the Lord will speak to you in a special way. And I know that during this season, this is unexpected and probably not what you thought you would be doing this time of the year on a Sunday morning. But God has a purpose in every season and God's doing something beyond what we could ever imagine. You know, I want to share something with you that just happened this past week that, um, you know, kind of rattled my family a bit. Mandy and I, we had just got done celebrating an, an incredible Mother's Day, and I so enjoyed being with you in services and sharing the word with Mandy. But shortly after, uh, she had developed uh, a rash on her skin, an irritation. It looked like it was some kind of infection. It started on her face, and uh, she had also had it on her ear and on a few parts of her arm. And she was becoming alarmed, and uh, we didn't know what it was. It was like nothing we had ever experienced before. And as you could imagine, the idea of going to a hospital or a doctor uh, felt like it was out of the question for for this. So we began to call, um, you know, to a teledoc service that we're able to speak with, and we begin to look into what this might be. And so they recommended something, had sent a prescription, began to address that, and nothing was changing. In fact, it seemed to only be getting worse. And I could remember uh, vividly how Mandy, uh, time and again, as, as we're just, you know, in anguish and, and frustrated and overwhelmed and just wondering what is this, um, certainly in this season, it compounded uh, fear and, and uncertainty and the challenges of it, really wondering, did she eat something? Was there an allergic reaction she was having? And if it was, then what could she do to stop this in the future? I'm sure many of you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you have anyone that has an allergy to something, maybe living in your family. And Mandy has an allergy to tree nuts, so we were kind of concerned along the way. So here we are reading labels of things in our fridge, wondering what it is, looking all around. And uh, this pro happened for a prolonged period of time, a few days, which can feel like an eternity. And I can remember the feeling, the tension. I can remember the feeling that I had as her husband wanting to take care of her, realizing, um, you know, there was really not much I could do other than just try my best to pray and to discern what was going on in that moment. Well, there was a conversation that she had with her father that really turned the tide. She began to describe what she was experiencing, and her father said, that's poison ivy. I said, poison ivy? said, yeah. He said, I had that a year ago. I know exactly what it is. And he began to, over the phone, just describe some of the symptoms, describe some of the things that were going on, describe how he had taken the same exact uh, prescription that she had and that he had done these different things and had no effect until he got something stronger and actually was put on a prescription medication for it. And so with that, we then reached out to the doctor. Uh, we let them know they sent that prescription. Within a few days, everything turned around. Praise God. But it really led me to realize something, something that I want to talk about in God's word today, because I believe that what we experienced as a family is a microcosm of what many of us are experiencing today in this season at this hour. And I want to tell you something about uh, uncertainty. I want to tell you something about when we experience seasons of pain, suffering, or trials and we don't understand them, what it can do inside of us. I'll start by saying this. 
that pain, when you experience some form of pain without purpose, you know what it does? It amplifies fear and it diminishes hope. Pain without purpose amplifies our fear and it diminishes our hope. The longer this went on, the more hopeless Mandy was feeling and we were feeling that we would figure out how to address it. Whenever we would see that pain and we wouldn't understand why, whenever we would experience these symptoms and didn't understand the source, didn't understand the context for what was going on, it just allowed fear to come in like a flood. Do you know what that feels like? Maybe in this season, there's an uncertainty around everything that's going on. There's a pain that you're feeling. Perhaps job losses come close to you. Perhaps you're experiencing sickness. Perhaps you've received a diagnosis during this season and you've received some news that's really difficult. Perhaps your pain is taking the shape and form of something different that I haven't even described here, but you know what I'm talking about. We all can experience pain, suffering, and trials. And in this season, it would feel that the entire world is feeling that suffering, that pain, those trials. So here we are in a series called Hope Rising. How can we have hope in the midst of this? Because what the conditions of this world are producing right now is hopelessness. It is diminishing our hope with every passing day, with every week, with every hour that we walk through this season of uncertainty. And as we experience pain points, difficulty, challenges, as we come to milestone moments of graduations and birthdays and and different life events, we can feel the pain of those things and hope can diminish. But I want you to know that the opposite is true as well. What happened as Mandy learned the source of what was really going on? Whenever that pain was connected to a purpose. Okay, this is what is producing what I'm feeling right now. I don't need to be hopeless around it. You know what it does? It amplifies hope that we're going to get through this. We understand what it is now. We have something to lean into and it diminishes our fear. You know, I want you to know today, what is the difference there? That one word, this one word, it's the word revelation. Revelation is the difference between hope and heartache as we walk through seasons, especially seasons of suffering. And that's what I want us to explore today because the Bible is so full of these passages that we've been walking through that talk about hope, that talk about what we have because of our relationship with the Lord. But I want you to know something today that the Bible also talks extensively about suffering. In fact, as we get into the New Testament scriptures and some of the passages that we're talking about today, what happens is the fear, the frustration, the anxiety, the worry, all of these things that surround suffering seem to be diminished in the eyes of those who walk closely with Jesus who were at the first part of the early church's growth, especially the Apostle Paul, who penned much of the New Testament scriptures. When he talked about suffering, it was never woe is me. It was never the sky is falling. It was never these things. In fact, as I read it, I'm thinking, are you some kind of superhero? Are you some kind of person that you say, well, this this suffering is nothing compared to this. And you know, I I rejoice in my suffering. I'm thinking, yeah, not me. I, I, I don't rejoice in my suffering. I don't look forward to pain. So what is it that we see here? Well, there's a mystery. The mystery that that the Lord's word speaks of. There's a revelation that God has given. And that revelation 
it produces hope within our hearts. That revelation, that understanding, it can be the difference between fear and faith for many of us today. It can be the difference between heartache and hope filling your life, filling your heart, filling your home at this moment. And so today what I want us to do is I'm praying that as we look to God's word, he is going to give us a revelation that allows hope to rise in our hearts. It's a hope that the Bible talks about. It's a hope that you have today if you are in Jesus. If you're a follower of his, this hope is available to you today. We don't have to live gripped with fear any longer. So right where you are, would you just take the hand of a loved one near you or would you lift your hands to heaven? And let's pray right now that the Lord would meet us in a special way as we open his word. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your living word today. We thank you, Lord, that although there can be moments or extended seasons of our lives where we feel overwhelmed by the uncertainty, by the lack of understanding, by the pain or the suffering that we're enduring, Lord, I've realized this one thing as I've looked to your word over and over and over again. One moment of revelation, of understanding in your presence, Lord God, can allow your perfect love to cast out fear. It can heal the hurts that are deep within us. It can allow hope to rise in our hearts and for us to continue to press forward in the path that you have for us. And so today, I pray for families that are hurting. I pray for your sons and your daughters, Lord God, who at this hour are needing a word from you. Lord, I can't provide that only your Holy Spirit can. And I pray right now, Lord, that this word will become alive, that it will reach to every heart, to every ear, to every mind that needs to experience the hope of Christ in this moment. So Lord, we pray that you would just take this time, that you would speak a word in season to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, let's open our Bibles together to the book of Romans in the New Testament, chapter 8. And as we come to this, I want to read a passage of scripture that's going to help us better understand uh, what I'm talking about when we talk about this special hope that's available to us that comes when we truly begin to understand the purpose for some of the pain that we're experiencing. Look what it says here, Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 18. It says, yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for a future day when God will reveal who his children truly, really are. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse, but with eager hope. Say that word, hope with me. The creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. You know, as we think about this passage of scripture, the apostle Paul is wanting his readers and God's word wants us as those that are sitting and looking to the Lord to understand something that whatever it is that we might be walking through in this moment, we could feel for some of you, you're in a season right now you never expected as 2019 turned into 2020. I, I, I get it. You never thought you'd be in this moment. Everything seemed to be going one way and this has seemed to be a giant detour, a stop in the road, a, a moment of pain or suffering like you, you just, you weren't ready for it. But here's what God's word says and today do we believe it? Because I know that I do. That the suffering that we're presently enduring is nothing compared to the future glory that's waiting for us. 
that what we're experiencing in the present is not the only thing that we have to look forward to. I want you to know my retirement is not the only thing I have to look forward to. These moments of celebration and things that I'm either having, looking forward to, or maybe have even been adjusted, that is not all I have to look forward to in this life. My hope is not rooted in the present. It's rooted in the future. It is not rooted right here in my house or in my job or in my family. My hope is rooted in heaven. And when that is the case, although, yes, we can be disappointed. Yes, we could be sad. Yes, we could be grieving. But we could still have hope. Amen? We could still experience the hope that God has for us. In fact, in God's word, it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 19. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, then we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. You know, this is another important thing to realize because it's so easy to get so wrapped up in just what we have now, the here and the now that we could lose sight of what's to come. We can lose sight of the eternal. You know, there's a few words that seem to be grouped together as we've been studying these hope passages. And one of them that I shared with you in a few past uh, messages was the word faith and the word hope. They just seem to be incredibly connected throughout scripture. It's as if those threads or those roots are just woven together, hope and faith. But another word that is connected to hope, and you'll see it in passages that we study, perhaps in life groups you'll be able to study and unpackage some of this even more in detail, but we see the word hope and the word glory connected to one another. And when it's talking about glory, it's talking about what we have to look forward to in God's presence. So what is God's word saying to us today? It's saying our momentary troubles, trials, circumstances, seasons of suffering and pain and uncertainty are nothing compared to the glory that will be revealed to us one day. And that's something that we must hold on to. And when we have that understanding, when we have that revelation, when we operate from that place of understanding and knowledge continually, it reminds us that our hearts don't need to just be set on the temporary, but on the eternal. And as the Lord reminds us of this incredible truth, this incredible word, it can change everything. It says all creation is waiting eagerly in hope for that day, for that moment when we will experience freedom. There is so much bondage in this world today. There is so much brokenness in this world today. The very pandemic that we are living in is a part of the brokenness of a fallen creation. Some would say, is this God's punishment or is this God's looking to hurt people or he's trying to do something because we haven't done right? Um, I would tell you today, we must not think of it in those terms. Instead, it is is the ramifications of a fallen, broken world. Now, because of sin's influence in the world, because creation was fractured by the fall, we now have sickness and disease. We now have injustice and, and all kinds of sin and brokenness in this world in so many forms. And there is a longing, a waiting, because the world we see today, church, is not the world God imagined. It's not the world that God had initially set up at the creation 
foundation of the heavens and the earth. God had something better in store for us. And guess what? God has promised that one day he will restore all things. That we can look forward to a moment in glory in his presence. When God will bring an end to sickness, suffering, disease, decay. And it's saying it all in this passage of scripture. That all creation is waiting, longing with eager hope. So here's what I want you to know, no matter how bad things get, that doesn't need to diminish our hope. Instead, we can continue to look forward. We can continue to long to see and be in God's presence in those moments when we will all be able to see as God wants us to see and be as God wants us to be. I have friends and family and loved ones who Um, are experiencing sickness and illness in their bodies. Some that have uh, degenerative diseases that are causing them not to be able to speak or swallow or move the way that they once moved. And my heart aches so deeply as I see them. But what I have to remind myself and remember from God's word and God's promises, what I'm seeing in this moment is not what I will see in eternity, that there is a difference between now and the future and what God has in store for us. And the suffering of today, as bad as it gets, and it can get even worse than this, will be nothing compared to how amazing it will be, the glory of God's presence. Our hope is rooted in that glory, in that future, in that hope that we have because of what God has done and what God has promised to us. But in this moment, we wait, looking for freedom, longing for freedom. I I think in many ways, feeling imprisoned by so much of what we see. Many feel this confinement of the stay-at-home order. The way that sickness has changed everything. It's changed the global economy. It's brought it to its knees. One virus, one tiny virus has brought so much decay, destruction, despair, pain. We're seeing it in vivid display. The world is groaning. Creation is groaning right now in this moment. There's a pain that we are collectively feeling. But it's not the only pain that we're feeling. There's pain and injustice that's still running rampant. There are are atrocities and things that break the heart of God that are still on display. You know, on February 23rd, we, we heard the tragic news. We heard it much later than February 23rd of a young man who went out for a run. Ahmad Arbery going out, running through his neighborhood, murdered in the streets by two men because he looked like someone that many were looking for. This was prejudice and racism at its core. It was something that grieved our world and everyone stopped. And in the midst of a crisis, we had another reminder of just how broken our creation is, just how far we still have to go in areas of reconciliation and racism. And we saw in a glimpse again, some of the worst that can come out in moments of fear, in moments of uncertainty, where prejudice and things like that can rise up. Church family, we have to. We have to look to God knowing that in these moments, God is the only answer. He's the only one that can heal our land. He's the only one. I know in moments like that, I saw so much frustration, so much rage. I wept as I, as I saw what had transpired, as I saw the pain of this mother who had to go through this last Mother's Day, grieving the loss of her son in such a, in such a, a reckless and, and helpless way. And to watch and see how many were reminded of the pain of racism, of prejudice. 
And that in this time, there are people that that hit a nerve and reminded them of many of their own experiences. Church family, there are people within our body, one body, that are grieving deeply, that are troubled deeply. Maybe this has never touched close to you in your life. You don't know what it's like to be profiled or, 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 or looked at a certain way or, or, or really treated a certain way because of the way that you look. Others do. As one body, we must stand with each other, pray with each other, minister to one another. In the same way that there are some of us here today that are watching this, that you have come close and, and you've experienced sickness. Maybe you've been exposed to COVID-19 and there are others around us that we have no experience with that yet as we learn that someone is going through that pain point, that sickness, or that's come close to them and they're hurting and they're afraid, what do we want to do? We want to get hope to them in any way that we can. Now, in the midst of this pandemic, there has been a, a, a fire that's kind of just been reignited in the hearts of many because of that pain, because of that injustice. You know, as we've gone through this pandemic, we've seen this even earlier. We saw where many of our brothers and sisters of Asian descent, as the coronavirus began to spread, they were singled out. Comments were made, racism and prejudice. Things were happening and, and even being targeted at some. Some even in our own body felt that prejudice in our day again. You know, one of our values here at Evangel Church is that we want heaven here. What heaven looks like is not a bunch of people segregated by the color of their skin, but instead a great multitude of people of every tribe, nation, and tongue coming together in one voice, in one heart to declare who Jesus is. Look what it says in Revelation chapter 7, verse 9. It says, After this I saw a vast crowd, too great to count, from every tribe, nation, and tongue, standing in front of the throne before the Lamb. One day when we all get to heaven, we will be this beautiful tapestry of God's people, not divided by the color of our skin, but united by the blood of the one who died for us to redeem us. And we don't have to wait. Just as we know, when we gather together corporately, we often say it, this is heaven. This is what God pictures in heaven. This is what God has imagined, that we have this beautiful unity, diversity, connection as the body, that we have not allowed the color of our skin to divide us, but the blood of Christ to unite us. And church family, in this season, that we are even distanced from one another, there are some that are suffering. They're feeling, they're feeling some of these ramifications are feeling some of that. And in this moment, the best we could do is pray for one another, minister to one another. If you become aware that someone is hurting, the best thing you could do is pray with them, grieve with them, walk with them, minister to them, even if you don't understand what they're feeling and how they're experiencing it. Because the God, the Lord that has saved us, that has rescued us and ransomed us, he has a way to minister to those who have broken hearts today. He's a God of justice. He's a God who has the final say and who will establish these things. And he's a Lord that wants to see his kingdom represent what he desires. And we see it so clearly in his word over and over and over again. You know, this is just another picture of the fractured nature of our creation and we see it there. We see it in sickness. We see it in racism. We see it in prejudice. We see it in uh, many of the things that are happening inside of our world. Uh, the injustice that's taking place, human trafficking, uh, other atrocities that are rampant in our world. 
It's all a reminder of something, that this world is not all we have to hope in. It is not everything we have to look forward to, but one day there is a God who will restore all things. Let's continue in Romans chapter 8, verse 18 uh, through 21. We just read. Now let's jump into verse 22. It says this, For we know that all creation has been groaning in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. You know, as I look at this verse, I'm reminded of my wife as we went through the process of giving birth to both of our children. If there was any other time that my wife would experience that kind of pain, I would have no hope at all. I would be so frustrated if some poison ivy caused that much of, uh, of an uproar in our family over this season of time. I couldn't imagine what intense pain in the abdomen, contractions, all of this. If, if we weren't having a child and experiencing any of those pains, then there is all kinds of alarm. There's all kinds of fear that could rise up. There's all kinds of hope that can diminish. But you know what happened the entire time of that delivery process? Yes, there was a nervousness over us, but there was so much hope within us because we knew that all of the pain was necessary in this moment. It was something that we were aware would take place in that season and we are waiting for a better season whenever birth would take place and new life would come. Church family, that's the best way that I could see and describe the present time that we're living in. The Bible paints it as a picture of pregnancy, that there are pains, that there is groaning, but on the other side of the groaning is glory if we look to God and continue to hold on to his promises. Here's what it says. We, verse 23, as believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us, as what? A foretaste of future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. And we too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including new bodies that he's promised to us. We were given this hope when we were saved. It says we were given this hope when we were saved. This is something we have to look forward to in the future. It's something that we have to look forward to in that glorious day. So I want you to know something today. God's word is clear. Yes, there will be suffering. We are experiencing it in an amplified way. But just because the suffering has grown does not mean that your fear has to grow with it. Just because the suffering has grown does not mean that your hope has to diminish as a result. It is very possible today Church family, son and daughter of the Lord, it is so possible today if we could take hold of this word that we could be rooted in hope and as suffering increases, our hope can go even further to hold us and to keep us during this time. You know, as we think about this idea, as we look at it, I want to just take a moment to consider Colossians chapter 1, verses 24 through 27. If you'll just take a moment, let's just read it together and look at it as we get ready to close out our time today. It says, the Apostle Paul speaking again, Now I rejoice in what I am suffering for you, and I fill up in my flesh what is lacking in regards to Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, which is the church. I've become its servant by the commission of God that God gave me to present to you the word in its fullness, the mystery 
that has been kept hidden for ages and generations that has now been disclosed to the Lord's people. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Let's catch that last phrase there. Here's what Paul's saying in the beginning part of it. He's saying, look, I'm experiencing suffering, but I rejoice in what I suffer if it's for your sake. If it's for the kingdom's purpose, if it's for God's purposes, then even though I don't like it, I'll rejoice in the Lord because I know his plan is moving forward. And that's all I want is I want to one day be with the Lord and I want to make sure that you're with the Lord. That's what he's saying. And at the end of that, he says, he says in verse 27, God has chosen to make known something. It was a mystery for the ages, but this mystery has been made known. And what is it? It is Christ in you. What is that? The hope of glory. Here's what you need to know today. Because Christ rose from the dead, your hope rises as well. That because Jesus is alive and because you are in Christ, because he's forgiven you of your sins, the Bible says this, the spirit of him that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is now alive and at work within you. That the Holy Spirit now dwells in us. What does it say? It is a foretaste of the glory to be revealed. Because he that is within us is greater than he that is in the world. It can keep you held in this hope. And although we can experience pain and suffering, if we will be reminded continually of this revelation, of this word, of this understanding, the Lord can lead us and the Lord can guide us through anything that we might walk through in this life. And so I want to take a moment as we just wrap up today and just talk about how can we apply this word to our lives. And I have three things that I'd just like to tell you in closing today, things that maybe you can talk about with your family or especially in life groups. The first one is this. Our future hope informs our present reality. Always remember, no matter what you're faced with this week, no matter what it is that you might walk through during this time, in this season especially, you must always look through the lens of the future hope that we have in Jesus. Because over and over and over again, in times of affliction, it is what roots the people of God and marks them as different. That it is nothing compared to the future. That's what the Apostle Paul says. Yes, I'm in chains right now, but all I can see is the hope that God has for me in glory. So we have to let the future hope of glory, the hope that we will be in God's presence, that God is not going to leave us alone. One day he is returning. The Lord will come again. He's promised. Jesus rose and he is returning. We'll talk more about that next week, about the return of Christ and how that is our blessed hope. But for now, it's this, that Jesus rose and therefore our hope rises because that is our hope of glory. And because Jesus rose, the spirit of God lives within us. We have been forgiven. And although our bodies still feel, although our emotions still feel, although we feel confined and even imprisoned to the challenges of this day, we know there is a day of freedom coming when we're free from sickness, uh, disease, prejudice, injustice, brokenness in every form. All of these things will not still be present in God's future kingdom and his purposes. And because of that, we can have hope in our hearts today. And that revelation leads us forward. So remember this, your present is one thing, but your future is eternal. So allow your future hope to inform your present 
reality. The second thing is this, that our future hope outweighs our present challenges. Always look at that. Always realize it. This is what God's word teaches us, that the future we have is always greater than the present we're experiencing, good or bad. I want to tell you, if you're walking through the greatest season of this life, that's still nothing compared to what God has in store for you because God's promise is perfect. And what he has prepared for us, the Bible says, eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard. We can't even fathom what God has prepared for those who loved him and are called according to his purpose. And finally, our future hope motivates our present participation. You know, I want you to know something today that I want my future hope to fuel the way that I live my life today. I want you to as well. It's not just a way that we need to think. It's not just a mindset that we need to have. It is a way that needs to inform everything that we do and how it needs to motivate us. Motivate us to do what? To see others come into a life-changing relationship with Jesus. Motivate us to do what? To be uh, generous and sacrificial in the way that we serve and give of our time, talent, and treasure. It must motivate the way that we live our lives because there is a future we are looking forward to. Well, today, would you bow your heads and just close your eyes with me? And as we close today, We've talked a lot about the future. And I know that if there's something that I have to look forward to, then I always have hope. And God has promised us an incredible future, a future in his presence, the hope of glory. But the Bible says clearly that future hope is only for those that have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So right where you're at today, wherever you're watching this from, my question for you is this. Do you have that personal relationship with Jesus? Are you certain today? Do you have a confidence that he has forgiven you of your sins? Have you ever asked him to forgive you? Have you ever turned away from your sins and turned towards him? Do you have that hope of glory in your heart and life? The hope that one day you'll be in heaven with the Lord as you placed your faith in him. Right now, if you're ready to make this decision, I would encourage you, pray this prayer from the bottom of your heart. Pray with me, dear Jesus. Come on, pray it for yourself. Dear Jesus, I ask you to come into my life to forgive me of my sins that has separated me from you. I believe that you came and that you died and that you rose again to be my living hope and to forgive me of my sins. Today, I turn from my sin and I commit to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God, you've just made the greatest decision you're ever going to make in your life. And I want you to know you are not alone. I would love to know that you've made that decision because I'd like to give you a special gift. We have a book called Following Jesus and it is seven steps to begin a relationship with God. It is a free book that we're ready to give to you today. If you'll just follow the instructions on the screen, if you will click that link and let us know, you can also text us. If you'll just take out your phone at this time and send a text message to this phone number, 908 325-5163. Just text the word Jesus and we'll be glad to send you that digital resource and put it right in your hands. Well, today, church family, as we can continue in our series and as we conclude this message, I want to just encourage you, share this with someone that needs to experience this hope. Let's allow our future hope to inform everything that we do in this life and especially motivate us to see others experience God's goodness in this season. We are changed lives, changing communities, and we know 
that our future hope is bright, that the days ahead are even greater than the days behind us. And one day we have an even greater future to look forward to. Let me pray for you today as we close out our message. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this word today. I thank you, Lord, that whenever we have revelation, understanding, whenever we understand the purpose for the pain that we might be walking through, Lord, it allows our fear to diminish and our hope to be amplified and grow. And Lord, I pray today for someone that entered into this word. And Lord, they didn't have any understanding. All they felt was the pain and the frustration and the fear and all the things the fear was creating in them. That Lord, now as we've spent time in your presence, we realize, Lord, that suffering is a part of this broken world. But that Lord, you are at work preparing to redeem all things. And that, Lord, right now we are like a a bride in, in childbirth, Lord. We feel the pain and we see the contractions and we feel the birth pangs. But, Lord, it is preparing the way for the future that you have for us. So, Lord, help us come near to those who are grieving. Minister to those whose hearts are hurting at this hour, Lord God. And continue to lead us forward into the future that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm looking forward to seeing you tomorrow night at our town hall meeting on Wednesday and of course next week on our services. God bless you and have a great week.